Okay, good afternoon if you are an East Coaster and good morning, good mid-morning uh, across the rest of the country. Good evening over in Europe. I guess good middle of the night if you're over in the Far East. So welcome. This is the August edition of our leadership webinar, leadership meeting. Uh, remember this meeting is recorded. Uh, also, everybody who's gonna wind up with any kind of speaking role is gonna be up on the screen and being recorded. Um, your chat uh, will have your name on it, but it will not necessarily be recorded. I just want everybody to be aware of how this is going. If you need to black out your screen for whatever reason, please do so. Um, also, please everybody stay muted uh, unless you're going to be doing a, a, some kind of speaking role here. Uh, if you need to ask a question, please you know, do the little virtual hand raise uh, to go ahead and call yourself to attention. What that does, it elevates your picture to the top of my screen, so that way I get a chance to see you and I can go ahead and call on you as appropriate. So uh, before we get going though, uh, our good friend Steve is going to open us in a word of prayer. Steve's coming to us from the Dallas-Fort Worth area today. He and his inordinately beautiful wife, Susie, are leaders of uh, groups, both just for ladies and groups that are, that are co-ed. So Steve, please open us up in a word of prayer today. Father, uh, we all come to you around this world uh, knowing that there are people out there that need help and we are here to facilitate that. Father, I just ask that you uh, uh, open everyone's eyes and minds to this meeting so that they can understand how to handle conflict uh, in that area in our groups and that uh, healing may occur within our groups. Father, I just ask this, uh, uh, you are the God of mercy, the God of grace, and, and we know that uh, it can be done, Father. So just give us the wisdom and the strength and, and everything that is required, Father, to, to maintain this healing that's so needed around the world, Father. I ask this in your son's holy name. Amen. Because it should play Amen. All right. So not muted. We got a couple of folks that are not muted right now. If you are not muted, please don't be alarmed if I go through and manually cut out your audio uh, input. So uh, it'll give you a little alert that you're going to have to manually do it yourself, but that's okay. Um, Christina, would you please just go and kick us off? Absolutely. Good morning, everybody. It is so good to see so many faces and so many, so many familiar faces. Good morning, Greer family out in California. It's morning for them. Yeah, Jack and Diane, it's always good to see you guys and uh, seeing all sorts of great ones. Guys, why don't you go ahead and open up your chat and just, uh, just we'll do a roll call here, see who's here and where you're calling in from, because it's a lot easier for me to see over there in the chat. And keep that chat bar open because we want to hear from you. Um, this isn't just about Lamar and I um, sharing what's worked for us. We want to know what's worked for you too. Uh, there's more than one way to handle a lot of conflict. So we need your input and, and it's valued. So add things while we're talking about things. Or if you have questions, put those questions in the chat box. I'll be watching those um, as we're having discussions. Uh, the chat does move relatively quickly. So if we don't get to your question and and we're asking for questions, raise your hand. Uh, that's a lot easier for Lamar and I to see when we get to that part of the discussion. It's just super easy for us to see that uh, raised emoji hand. Um, so that, open those up as well. Uh, the first uh, thing that we wanna talk about, conflict is tough, y'all. It is no joke. And the last thing we want is to, uh, you know, we're, we're volunteering our time, we're volunteering our energy, and it's nerve wracking enough just putting together the questions and, and setting up, you know, the meeting space, but then to think, oh my goodness, could conflict actually happen? I'm going to be honest. Yes, it will happen. <laughs> it's just a matter of time uh, for it to happen. Now, mind you, you might go through an entire 12-week program and have zero conflict. God bless you. Please help me write the leadership manual because you're doing something spectacular. Uh, but, uh, but for the most of us, we do end up with some conflict. And it might not be like a knockout, dragout fight per se, which we will actually talk about that a little bit. But it could be someone showing up and not doing the work. You know, the silent person that never participates in the conversation. That's that can be dangerous to a group because people are sharing, let's talk about, I mean, let's face it, we're talking about very intimate uh, discussions. I don't care if you're doing Stronger Together, Warpath, Conquer Series, Happily Even After, whatever program you're teaching, these are these are programs where we're spilling our heart out. We are, we are talking about intimate details of our lives. And if I'm sharing intimate details in my life 
and and Jack and Diane are sharing intimate details of their life. And then uh, Fred and Wilma, <laughs> first names that could come to my head, are sitting there not participating. After you know the first time, that's one thing. But if that continues, that can that can make me feel like, well, why am I sharing and they're not? So there's ways around this, and that's what we want to talk about today. How can we get around things like this? And the first thing that I want to talk about before we jump into the conversation is before you decide, okay, is this a conflict? Is this something that I need to address? Is this something that I need to contact the person outside the meeting or call out during the meeting? Is it truly a conflict or is it just a personal preference? I'll give you an example. I'm a military brat. And then I married military. I like punctuality. I like things starting on time. I like things ending on time. And so I, I like to run my groups that way. But I realize life happens and people are going to stumble into the group late and they might have to leave early. So is it is it disruptive? Now, is it someone that is coming in late and saying, oh, I don't know where we were and, and uh, I need to wait, did someone say this? And they're disrupting the flow of the meeting. Then now we're talking about something that needs to be addressed. Is it just irritating me because of my personal preference? That's the first question you need to ask yourself. So is it a personal preference or is it something that is disruptive to the group? Because as leaders, that is your key charge. You have to do what's good for the group. And that's what you're going to keep hearing us say for the good of the group. What it What is for the good of the group? So um, the next thing that I just wanted to address is um, preemptively, you can put out fires. And this is the way Lamar and I love to do it because we don't like conflict. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like confrontation. And so I have learned that preemptively you can avoid a lot of problems. And I encourage every single group leader here that before you start a group, you have a week zero or a launch week. Before you jump into the lessons, before you jump into the discussions, you do a meet and greet. And I don't care if you've already been meeting for weeks and weeks and weeks or months and months, you still have this ground zero meeting and you go over a group contract. Every single, every single time you lead a meeting or before you start jumping into a group, you should have a group contract. Uh, you can call it a group amendment, memo of understanding. I've heard it called all sorts of different things. But this contract is going to save you so much blood, sweat and tears and awkward situations. Uh, it really is a lifesaver when it comes to leading. And think about the things you can write your own. Um, moving forward, we're always going to have some available for you for all of the series that we're going to be doing. But for example, Lamar and I, uh, we lead Stronger Together. Now, Stronger Together, it's couples. And if we are leading a group that we know the couples and they're fun-hearted, we send out a fun-hearted memo of understanding. I have one right here uh, that we send out. And it doesn't have to be all serious, um, unless you're talking about, in some cases, you might have a group that is more serious. But for the example that I'm using, I knew we had a group that was fun. So I made it more lighthearted. And I added things like, um, I'm going to flirt a lot, but only with my spouse. And I'm not going to solicit fundraise, any materials, not even Girl Scout cookies. Um, I will not make any of the women cry or the men flex during the meeting. I will not tell other people what to do, even though my way is definitely better. I mean, you can just, I mean, it doesn't have to be so serious. You can have some fun with it. Or if you need to do a serious one because you don't know the dynamics of the group or what your people are like, then you can make it serious too. But this group me or this group memo of understanding or contract, it's really going to help you address things and talk about things before you jump into the, the heavy lifting and the work. I strongly recommend you send it out before that week zero or that meet and greet week so people have a chance to go over it and then sit and talk about it. Because so many times people are just going to, oh, yep, I'm just going to sign my name and say I agreed to everything and they haven't read anything. And this is worth having a discussion about. This is worth taking 10 or 15 minutes and just saying, hey, let's go around the room. We'll each take one and read it. So we're all on the same page. And does anybody want to add anything to this? Does everybody feel safe with this? This group understanding is for you. So you're, you're going to put in there. I'm not going to emotionally hijack the meeting. I'm going to be respectful that there's other people that want to share. There's other people that, that uh, need an opportunity to contribute. So I'm not going to emotionally hijack the meeting. That's great to put in there. 
it's great to put in there because that's one of the number one problems we have is people that go come onto the meeting and they don't allow an opportunity or space for other people to share. So that's my cue to shut up a little bit and let you speak, Lamar. <laughs> All right. Well, th thank you, uh, baby. I appreciate that. Uh, by the way, she is in the same building as me, just up in a different room here at Soul Refiner. Um, didn't want anybody thinking that there was some kind of weird separation going on here other than uh, just a, a different piece of the of the building. So, folks, we don't have to figure this out ourselves. Uh, we get a lot of guidance from the Bible on this, J just like with truly the, the remainder of our lives. Uh, I want to point everybody over to Matthew 18, and we'll, we'll pick it up in verse 15. And if you have your Bible, you can open it up, app it up. Uh, you know, the rustling of the pages, like my old Southern Baptist minister used to call it, you know, whatever that looks like for you. And again, I don't care if you've got the ESV, the NLT, I don't care if you have the kids crayon Bible, the teen action Bible, just pull it up and let's have a discussion. And so Matthew 18, really beginning in verse 15, this is where Christ is talking about what do you do if somebody has sinned against you? And we talked about that up front with Christina when she said, hey, is, is it personal preference? Or is this somebody that's really dragging the group down to a point where something's got to be addressed? Um, and even then, you got to start thinking about, hey, is, it, is this sinful behavior? Um, it may be that somebody is just the way they are. That may not be congruent with the group. We have to have the guts to stand up and to talk about this kind of stuff. And so we go to that person individually. This is where we talk with that person, not about that person. So notice that God didn't say, hey, I want you to jump on Twitter and go to the rest of the group and just start bad-mouthing the person that everybody's got a problem with. That's not what he says, okay? It's very clear. We go talk with the person. Now, if that's not something that's going to that's gonna, you know, cure what ails us as a group, then we bring somebody with us to talk with the person. When I say bring somebody with us, we're not talking about the hype man for a rap star. Okay, we're not talking about somebody that's going to stand behind you and just whatever you say, they're just going to say, yeah. Yeah, we're talking about somebody who is an elder-like mentality, somebody who can be objective, that can remain kind of above the fray and really help us go through this kind of resolution. And then it's pretty clear what happens after that. We bring kind of the, the church alongside. This is not the church writ large. You don't go to your 6,000-person congregation and say, all right, everybody, let's pile in this, 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 uh, this offender's living room and let's scream them down, beat them soundly about the head and shoulders with the Bible. That's not what that says. When it says the church, what they're talking about there, they're talking about the elders. Again, it's a group of objective-minded people that are working conflict resolution and also to make sure that the conflict gets resolved with love and respect. And then at the end of all that, you would think that it would be like, what are we going to do? None of this stuff has worked. Are we just going to you know, wholesale excommunicate this person from the group? Right. Are we just going to shun them forever and ever and just damn them straight to the pits of hell unceremoniously? It doesn't even say that. It says we're going to love the way Jesus loved the Gentiles. And man, if, if that won't hit home to people, then I don't know what will. Because even after all that, clearly this person's not getting the message. Clearly they're not looking with a repentant heart. Clearly there's something else going on with them. We're supposed to love them the way he loved the Gentiles. And that's all us before we became you know, citizens of heaven. The sovereign king of the universe loved us anyway. So that, that is kind of the biblical basis that we're going to go through here. It is going to be shrouded in goodwill, respect, and humility. Um, this should, you should always be thinking from that point of view of, am, am I trying to glorify God through this, or is this kind of glorifying me? Is it glorifying the greater collective of the group? You know, there's nothing worse than a whole bunch of sinners. Meaning, you know, in and of ourselves, one sinner is bad enough. But whenever we get collectively together, we become a whole bunch of sinners. You know, if we're trying to scream somebody down, uh, that, that can get pretty, pretty intense. And so is this glorifying God? That's got to be kind of the final answer there. So, all right, let's, let's get into it here. So the first situation is what, what if somebody shows up and they either, either haven't done the work and they're not sharing, period, or they haven't done the work and they're oversharing because they're trying to fill in all the middle. So what do you think, Christina? Oh, I, I love this question, guys. I'm opening up the chat because I need your help. I know we've all had these. We've all had these people. And, and Cliff, thank you. I like the name orientation for that week zero meeting. I love that. So yes, have an orientation. That sounds a lot more pleasant. 
So what do we do? I mean, if we if we do that orientation, we have everyone sign a contract, but we still have someone that shows up and just sits there or the one that or if they overshare and they're emotionally hijacking the meeting, how do we handle this? So this is a great question. If preemptively it doesn't work and this situation arises, um, I, I believe personally uh, from leadership experience that it needs to be addressed quickly. It's something that needs to be addressed quickly, but also with kindness. Just like Lamar was saying, we have to do this with love. So by being able to, to even do it old fashioned, we are, we're all familiar with the timeout, timeout symbol of someone's going on and on and just saying, hey, timeout. I hear what you're saying, and you have a lot of great, you know, a lot of great things to share. But you know, just let let's just grab the gold nugget so we have a chance for everyone to share. There's that that was pretty kind, or you don't have to say stop talking. Um, you know, there's a way to be kind about it. Or hey, this this looks like something where um, let's do a sidebar after the meeting so we can stay on track and keep talking. Now, what about Lamar? What are some ideas that you have for the one that doesn't participate, that doesn't show up? Because let's face it, I mean, sometimes this is people's first group experience and they're scared, they're nervous, they're trying to get a feel for the men, trying to get a feel for the women or the couples, and they're not ready to jump right in and talk about the last date they masturbated or the last time, you know, their, you know, the, you know, intimacy when they had sex with their wife or their husband. I mean, those are very private things and they might not be ready to do that. So what suggestions do you have, babe? Yeah, this is, that's a great question. The first thing I want to kind of address is in that, in that agreement that you send out, and this is different and separate than the sole refiner agreement that you'll find embedded in all of our texts there. Uh, the agreement that you choose to come up with, I think it should address it. Hey, this is not a spectator sport. This is team ball. Everybody comes to the batting plate. And by the way, there's no number nine hitter. Everybody's batting cleanup. Everybody is of equal importance. And everybody needs to speak because, and this is where I think you really hit home with this, something you're going through or something you may have a question on, I guarantee you at least half the other group, half of the other group or the rest of the group has the same question or it's something that is relevant to their situation. And they might not even be thinking about it. So during orientation, during that time of agreement, you spell it out in no uncertain terms. I saw somebody else, I think it was Drew. Uh, thank you, Drew, for that that one you know kind of tidbit there. Call on them. And hey, what do you think about this so-and-so? Sometimes you may get that, that, that person that's very honest and says, you know, I didn't get to that one. <laughs> I didn't get to that one. And that's where it's really, yeah, that's, that's mm -hmm. really important to jump in as a leader and say, hey, that's great, you didn't get to that one. Um, what's one that you did want to address? You know, and make it rhetorical at that point and say, hey, I am coming back to you. Um, you know, there are no free passes here. Uh, if you're here just to, to go ahead and kind of soak it all in and make the other folks uncomfortable, that's, that's not what we're here for. Right? And I think that's that's best said during orientation week. Yeah, Lamar, we have um, Cliff brought up a great point. He said you can let them know in orientation that you'll use a two minute, one minute, 10 second alert. This is where it really helps. You hear me, you hear me saying this all the time, have a co-leader, distribute responsibility have someone else be the timekeeper. You're already organizing who's gonna speak, what's gonna happen, you have too much going on. Have someone else have a little skin in the game and, and have them be the timekeeper. And they can be the one that says, you know, gives a signal, we're down to 10, you know, or, or something. You can set that up from, from, from your orientation week. I love that. Um, another thing that we do uh, from the beginning, we do a warm up question. This gets just everybody um, warmed up, essentially. It gets everybody talking and comfortable. It's not optional. It's we go around the room and we set up an order. So Lamar and I will go first. We'll give the example so they can see how long of an answer to give. So be careful giving the example. If you give a very long answer, they're going to follow your lead. If you want it short, they'll follow that lead too. So I like just a warm-up question, no more than a minute or two. Just what was your high? What was your low? What did you What did you learn this week? What was something you make up the the, the uh, question? I like to do the same question every week so they know it's there. It, it's predictable. They are ready and prepared, so they're not going. Oh, I don't know. They know ahead of time that they're going to be answering. What is your high and low for the week? And we just go around the room. We said this is the order. 
you know, Cliff, you're going to be going next. And then we're going to be having Dan and we're going to be having Curtis. We're going, and we go around the room. So there's no, uh, I mean, so it gives them structure and predictability. They know it's going to be their turn. And we do the same thing every week. And that really gets people comfortable talking. It gets people comfortable in the rhythm. And then we fall into that rhythm when we start our discussion questions. I do, I'm not a big fan of, okay, this question, the next question we're going to be asking is, um, what, what did you think about this chapter in the Bible? And then you hear crickets, crickets, crickets. No one's raising their hand. No one's saying anything. So, okay, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have Jason. Jason, you're going to, you're going to help us today and you're going to go first and, and we're going to just follow again in this routine. I want to hear from everyone. And if you don't need everybody to answer, you can start with Jason Then you can move to Tom and then Esther, and then say, okay, we're going to move on to the next question because I'm starting to hear a little repetition here. So Peter, I'm going to have you take this question next and you, you start going into the next one. Now, mind you, it's often, it's also fun that once you start getting the rhythm or if you're getting close to the end of the hour and you don't have time for everybody to answer, but you still want to touch some of the questions, we do what's called jump ball. We say, okay, we're going to do a question here. And this question, we're, we don't have time for everybody to answer. So first people with their hands raised, we'll have you, um, you know, whoever grabs the ball, you can share and speak what you think. That's very helpful too. It also avoids the, the crickets, not doing jump ball all the way through, but just kind of using that sparingly. So you see any good stuff in the chat there, Lamar? Absolutely. Um, one thing I do want to kind of piggyback on this first question here about, you know, people uh, either not sharing, oversharing, uh, but really not doing the work. Um, for some folks in a co-ed group, there may be a tendency or a notion that they should probably share more information than what they've even shared with their, their spouse so far. I love warning uh, co-ed groups uh, by saying that, hey, listen, if you're about to share something that, that's profound and your, your mate does not know about this yet, this is not the time for discovery. It's not the time for disclosure. Uh, if you're going to surprise your mate, I would make it the surprise of like, hey, honey, I just bought you a cruise for next month. It should not be, oh, by the way, there were 59.7 other relationships that I failed to tell you about in disclosure. All right. So, I mean, I, I, I don't mean to be glib about it. I don't mean to, you know, make it less than what it is. I'll never discount the pain for someone that's been betrayed. But you see these kind of things. And for some of you uh, experienced leaders out there, I, I you hear me and you've seen it before and it's kind of a oh boy that's one of those moments where you you have to recognize it as well and it will happen eventually and you just give them a call afterwards and help them walk through that kind of stuff if you have the time and the altitude and the airspace to do so so hey honey we have a great question here from greg and um, he said is it necessary to cover everything in the study guide in one meeting it's almost impossible especially I'm just going to speak from experience. When you get women together, it ain't happening. I mean, <laughs> we go down rabbit holes. We And and I let people know, um, Greg, at the orientation, don't get nervous. Don't think we have to get, we have to hit on every discussion question. Something I've seen Lamar do in our group is um, as they pick and choose which question they're going to go, he rotates. How about, Greg, you pick which question meant the most to you today? And we'll start there and then go around the room and then, you know, rotate people uh, picking which discussion question they can hit. It's nearly impossible to hit everything. And I let them know that because there's a lot of military people like structure like I do. And we're thinking it was a failed meeting. If we don't hit on everything, I ease their mind from the beginning and say, let's trust in the Holy Spirit. Let's trust in the overflow principle that there's too much here that we can grab and that the Holy Spirit is going to pull out the gold nuggets for us. So great question, Greg. Honey, we have Drew that said um, they set up signal groups uh, for group text in between meetings, which I love. I love the concept of getting group members connected in between uh, for that extra accountability. How are you doing? Are you doing your work? Are you respecting your wife? Are you respecting your husband? You know, keeping it positive. I think that's a great place to to also, like he said, just the um the reminders between the group sessions. So yes, that is very powerful thing to do, Drew. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Drew. And then you know, to, to kind of circle back to the, you know, are you going to get to all the questions? That's where you as a group leader have to discern where your group is and, and are they ready to go to the next week? Uh, our, our good friend and kind of uh, 
leader emeritus, if you will, Joe Medlock. He's down here in the bottom left of my screen. I don't know where he is on yours, but hey, Joe. He he mentioned one time that sometimes it, it'll take him maybe a half a year to get through Conquer because the guys are, they're going to need maybe a month on week number three. There's just so much to it. And, and, I, and I dearly love that. You may not have a whole bunch of folks that are in the group that are ready to keep progressing. And, and, and maybe you get a couple in there that are saying like, what are we doing? Why are we doing this again? And, and that's a different conversation. And so thank you, Joe, for, for that. Um, every group is a little bit different. There are no hard and fast rules here. So, so please be flexible as leaders. You know, talk with other leaders. We're, we're building a huge base right now where leaders can connect. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that at the end here. Uh, we're nearly ready uh, to do something uh, where we can collectively get together and start doing some of that good profit sharing as leaders. And so that's exactly the kind of stuff where we can come together. You're starting to see some of the same names here week after, I'm sorry, month after month as we do these meetings. You know, these are the folks that you can reach out to. Because sometimes leadership can make kind of lonely at the top. And I say the top, it just means, you know, and I'm only talking about where, where it is that you may not have a peer in the group. That's it. You know, it should be you know, thought of at the, at the bottom, to be honest. But what does that look like? How can you get a hold of folks that are going to be able to help you walk through some of those situations? All right, Lamar, let's face it. We could put up all these guidelines in place, do the orientation, have the group contract. We can even remind people and set the example with giving short answers. And we can even say, hey, let's keep it to just one or two minutes when we go to share. But you're still going to have that one that is above the rules. You're going to have that one that still shows up and says, I'm taking a knee. I'm taking a knee. I'm taking a knee. Now, taking a knee, I'm all about. Don't get me wrong. There's sometimes things that people don't want to share. They're not ready to share. That is fine. I, 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 I'm all about having a free pass. But if it's free pass after free pass after free pass, now you got to start thinking, is this person actually ready for group? Maybe this person, because if they're not sharing here, they're not getting the benefits of healing. We, we have to be able to talk. We have to be able to share. We have to be able to be open and transparent. And if somebody isn't, or if they're over talking, both cases, they might need some more one-on-one -on -one individual care that you can't give them during the session. So that's when it merits a phone call. It merits, or face-to-face, -face, preferably if you're in the same town, just saying, hey, I, you know, this is what I'm noticing. Um, and it, it's, you're, you're not damning them. You're not um, kicking them out and giving them betrayal wounds. What you're doing is you're saying, I don't think group is the right place for you right now. Um, I think that you might need a little bit more one-on-one. -on -one. And then once you get that, I would love to open up the door and, you know, just see where you are and see if we can try again, maybe with the next round that I teach or in a couple of weeks. But some people, y'all, are not ready for group. They're not. They they have too much inside that 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 either they need to let out or that they're not ready to let out and they need that one-on-one -on -one care. We cannot be God to people. We cannot play God to people. And and so our job is to make the group safe and to make those tough decisions and that's that's vulnerability and we talked about that before. That's being vulnerable. Clear is kind. It's not easy or everyone would be a vulnerable leader. It's kind though. It's it's saying, I need to protect the group. I need to protect you too. And we can't give you what you need at this moment. It's clear, it's kind, and it'll help the, the, the longevity and the health of your own group. Got anything, babe, you want to add on that? No, I just think that that's, that's just great uh, feedback, you know, for, for all leaders, really. And I just want to share one thing. It's something somebody helped me with this a while back. It was a senior leader. And, and I was just struggling. I was like, man, how do I do this, but still make sure that, you know, I, I maintain sanctity of the group and I don't offend anybody. And he kind of said, man, who do you think you are? And I, and I thought to myself, what are, you, what are you even talking about? He said, why is it that you think that you have to perform perfectly and hold everybody up and make sure that the whole group feels placated and also each individual, nobody gets offended? He said, why don't you turn this over to the Holy Spirit? Why don't you allow God to be God? Maybe you're putting a little bit too much worth in your own, you know, leadership or something. And I thought to myself, wow, I, I am so blessed to have people around me that can say, hey, doofus, you're screwing it up, hand it over. And, 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 I, and I don't mean to, you know, again, I hope I'm not stepping on anybody's toes here. 
Um, I don't think you come to the meeting if you're worried about that. But it's just somebody that really helped me a lot by saying, it's not yours. It's not your group, first off. It's my group. So. All right, we have here, Micah, you had some great wisdom to share. Instead of me reading it, do you mind just unmuting yourself, Micah, and just telling us about what you, you facilitated with your Conquer Series group? Yeah, um, it was a, an in-person group and, you know, we had some really like to talk and it wasn't bad information. He just, he just really likes to share. So after the first or second meeting, when it became and probably the third meeting, set up a timer. And the next time somebody started sharing, I set the timer. Next thing you know, there's a little alarm going off and everybody kind of looks around like, what's that? And I said, oh, well, that, that's your three minutes. I said, and then we'll circle back. And it wasn't that guy. You know, it wasn't the one that was oversharing. It was somebody else. So it didn't single him out. But the group understood what was going on. And so did he. And so they all appreciated it. And so moving forward for the, you know, the remaining six or seven weeks, no one was surprised that they had a three-minute share. They saw my phone out. They knew what was going on. And they were able to sort of tailor their responses and, and keep things moving that way. I love that, Mike. I'm going to be borrowing that. That is genius. I really do like that. And then you're not the bad guy. It's the clock. It's not you. It's not that you're cutting them off because you don't like what they're saying. You're just trying to be respectful of the time for the whole group. So love that. And this is what we want to hear from guys and gals. If you have um, things like this that would work for you, please throw it in the chat or um, uh, let us know because this is this is good information that we need to be able to get to everybody. All right, Lamar. Let's move on. What do you think? Go ahead. Maybe I'm going to interrupt really quickly. I'm just watching some of these chats. Team, if you don't have your chat sidebar up, you're missing the live portion of the meeting. Uh, you, you can always go back and get the recording if, if you're looking for anything you know pertinent from me or Christina. And, and, and that's a lot more from her than it is from me. In total, it might be about, I don't know, 15 or 20 minutes. And so the chat is gold. It's pure gold. So if you haven't you know, take a look at the chat if you haven't been able to participate and uh, just please go over there and read it. It is just amazing seeing some of the tidbits of information. We've got folks that are putting in there, hey, I've got an extra spot in my Monday Night Warpath class. We have other folks talking about their best practices. Uh, coming up, you know, here's something that we're doing. I know we have people in this meeting that are, that are doing kind of extracurricular just check-in meetings, you know, outside of the solar refiner stuff. And I think that's something that, that folks need to be involved in. Uh, to kind of help them. If, if you're not part of a group and you find yourself just solely leading groups, you should probably be part of, of, of a larger collective at some point. And so please take a look at the chat, get all those best practices. Um, but Christina, I'm about ready to go into some of the questions that we have you know, already posted here. Yeah, absolutely. I have Kevin that said, um, I had someone not ready for groups, so I worked with them one-on-one -on -one privately. I think that's beautiful, Kevin. What a servant's heart that you're willing to lead group as well as do the private mentoring on the side. That's absolutely beautiful. You have a great spirit there. So thank you for doing that. Um, I believe Kevin also said that he refers out to counselors when he knows that it's something that he uh, can't help them with. Um, he knows his limits. And that's a sign of a good leader. A good leader doesn't have all the answers. A good leader knows their limits. And to be able to say, this is beyond my, my expertise. Um, you know, you're, you're asking some great questions, but let me refer you to a counselor, someone that might be able to better help you. I think that's beautiful, Kevin. So thank you. Um, a question, Lamar, that we see repeatedly and that I had private message to me, um, are we going to be talking about if disagreements or conflict arise in group? I think that's the number one question that we get. Uh, because it happens. Show of hands, has anybody had maybe not a knockout drag, drag out fight, but maybe if you had a couple, they started nitpicking on each other or behind the scenes in the, in the text thread, they're starting to get a little, you know, butting heads or you have someone that they start talking politics or whatever, whatever. Has, has anybody show of hands um, dealt with conflict in a group? Okay, not everybody, but it does happen. It absolutely does happen. Yeah. So let's get the ball rolling there, Lamar. What, what do we do? What do we do when two people just do not get along? I don't care if it's a husband and wife. I don't care if it's two men, two women, a man and a woman. What do we do as leaders? 
Yeah, I think the, the first and, and probably most important thing is that we don't ignore it. I, I think that if we have some kind of ostrich, you know, head in the sand mentality that's just going to go away, uh, I, I think that's even more destructive. Uh, I think a direct addressing of it uh, is probably the, the first and most kind step you can take. Uh, again, with that picture of goodwill, respect, and humility, you're, you remember you're modeling a lot of behaviors for people as they're going through recovery. And whether or not they're unfaithful, betrayed, married, not, you know, fighting among people that are in, in a, in a uh, gender group, whatever that looks like, addressing it directly is very important. And just getting it out. And sometimes it is just getting it out. And as people get it out, they, they hear themselves speak for the first time and, and they can kind of recognize, okay, uh, I, I might not have, have been completely right here. Or there, are, there have been times when I have been more wrong. You know, you know what I mean? Um, it, it's, it's interesting what happens when people start talking about it in a very calm manner. And as you get that perspective and you have them understand, like, this, this won't be tolerated again. There won't be any hand waving. Nobody's going to raise their voice. But we cannot be afraid to cordially invite people to no longer be part of the group because it's not safe for the, for the collective environment. So, and then also taking a look at the collective environment and making sure that it's safe for all group members. You know, taking a, a good, hard, objective Christ look at it. You know, are we doing the right things here? Are we promoting the right things? As you have those conversations, you recognize just how, I guess, undaunting they really are and how much simpler they actually can be when you can look at it through those lens and through those filters. So addressing it directly is very important. Uh, I, I think it's, it's paramount to make sure folks understand that you as a leader, you are not wearing zebra stripes. You are not a referee. There's no whistle in your mouth. You're not calling balls and strikes. Whatever, whatever it looks like for you, what sports analogy, I don't really care what you use, but you are not some kind of judge up there dropping some gavel on people. It's just not who you are. And I think when you can, you know, kind of, you know, humble yourself in that regard and remove that pressure from you, because you'll crumble under the weight eventually, then it just makes it a little bit easier to have that conversation with them, that good, natural, winsome conversation. Go ahead, Christina. Oh, no, no. I love what you're saying, honey. Uh, it's hard. It really is hard. I've told you guys this before. I failed a group miserably because I wanted to be the nice guy or nice gal and I didn't want to interrupt. And I thought, well, maybe this will go away. And the conflict just kept rising. I'm like, oh, now I'm holding my breath. Like, oh, I really hope this goes away. And it kept getting worse week by week. We didn't make it through the whole series, y'all. And the, the, the group ended up dissolving because I didn't step in as a leader and stop it. I didn't stop it from escalating. I just used the, oh, let's let nature take its course. That's not okay. What I should have done is right from the beginning said, no, we're not going to go down this path. Let's just stop this right now. And if it's two people that you can tell are just, you know, just really struggling, really having conflict, like Lamar said, it's not the referee strikes. You ask them both to step out. You ask them both to leave until they can figure it out. You don't have to mediate. You don't have to be their mom. And if one comes back and humbly apologizes, prayerfully consider letting them come back into the group. If they don't and they're argumentative and they're throwing a temper tantrum because they got to let, you know, let out of the group, they're clearly not ready for a group. Okay. And I love seeing, um, I think it was Greg that said, um, I was the offender and I had to, I had to apologize. I think that's beautiful. I think people should apologize. If, if they've been disrupted to the group, they should not apologize just to the leader, but to the group too, because it needs to be a safe space. So um, this, this is tough. This is, this is a tough place to be, but I think the cancer needs to be cut out immediately. Not your job to just dissect what kind of cancer it is and to take it to the lab. It's just, you just get it out of the group, let them figure it out and pray about it and then see what happens um, with the, the people that are disagreeing with each other. Uh, we actually had a situation arise when Lamar and I were first in group or a man started getting very hostile towards his wife and he started getting belligerent and raising his voice. And the group leader said, you need to calm down. You need to talk respectfully. We can talk through this together, but you need to calm down. And he stood up and he started talking down at his wife and the leader asked him to sit down and he wouldn't. So Lamar, along with two other men had to escort him out of the meeting. That behavior is not okay. That, that cannot be tolerated. And he needed to cool down and he missed a couple of meetings and he had to get some anger management and he returned a couple, you know, a couple of months later. But 
that that's stuff that it, it's horrible when it happens, but it cannot be ignored. It cannot be brushed under the rug. It, it is toxicity. It'll destroy the group. And you'll notice people will start participating and they'll stop coming to the group if they don't feel safe. So what do you see in there, Lamar? Ooh, Jack, I like that. I just popped up. Crosstalk in the background. Okay, crosstalk in the background. I interesting, very interesting. First off, um, the crosstalk in the background can be a number of different things. It could be physical crosstalk in an in-person group, which uh, I, I think that that is a, a huge no-no. Uh, if, if folks have something to say, they should be able to say it to the entire group. If they're talking one-on-one, -on -one, hey, great. You, I have no problem with you guys talking one-on-one, -on -one, but while the group is meeting, that's kind of a sanctified area there. And we want to keep that an arena for the entire group, not just for the sidebar conversations. Have your conversation at the end of group. N nobody's ever gonna stop you from that. But while we're in the group, if you feel like there's something that's so important and so powerful that you have to say to that one individual, let me invite you both to go to the bathroom, get in separate stalls and talk over. It, 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 over to you. But in terms of doing it in front of the whole group, and, and I think that's, that's part of the orientation. And so, now, for virtual groups, you might have folks who are on some kind of back channel. You might not even know there's a, a conversation going on. That um, They could be either on text or they could be on email going back and forth. Hey, not, knock yourself out. But again, for the whole group, here's what we're going to do. And here's how it's going to go. One person talking at one time um, and, and being respectful of each other, not talking over each other, allowing people to be wrong, uh, working their way through things. <laughs> I think it's really important that you set those kind of precedents at the uh, at the beginning during the orientation week. It's also disruptive to have uh, when you have two people on a screen. Um, I'll use Jack and Diane, our beautiful couple there. If they were sitting there, even muted, if they were, you can tell when couples are fighting. I mean, you, you can tell they're in a heated conversation while everybody else is sharing. That can be disruptive. That could be very disruptive. And that is something that needs to be addressed. Um, if it's, uh, I've heard Lamar several times in group just saying, Hey, Hey team, we're not going to do that here. Um, you can, you know, either turn off your camera and, or, uh, you know, wait till after the meeting, please. Because even though we can't hear them, it is still very disruptive because their attention isn't on the one that is sharing. And someone could be sharing something very private and they see people talking and it doesn't look like they're interested in what they're sharing. And that's disrespectful. Group is all about giving attention and time to each other. All right. I'm so, loving, loving some of these chat responses. Some of these best practices are off the chart great here. I did see, I, I think it was uh, DWS. I'm assuming that's a Dave out there. Um, Dave, I did see your question about, is there a clearinghouse, you know, one area where we're dropping all these open groups? I know, I know John's posted an open group. I believe it's Monday nights at five Pacific time for Warpath. I think that uh, Cliff posted a Tuesday night, seven Eastern virtual conquer group coming up here pretty soon so we're starting to see again a lot more of this ability to, to kind of move people around uh, the country through groups and everything um I, I love that so you know take a look at the chat but we're also getting a lot of answers to these questions a lot of best practices so again on this chat uh, if you can try and grab it um if you don't want your answers you know copied don't post an answer uh, we, we get the whole chat on our side at the other side or uh, on the other end after we close the meeting. So uh, if anybody needs to weigh in in the chat saying, please don't uh, put anything of mine, you know, on the, the record, I get it. But I mean, this is just pure gold. What's going on in the chat with some of these answers and some of these folks that are saying, like, here's what's worked for me in the past. And again, I don't think there's anybody in this meeting that's so naive enough to think that um, they have the right answer, the exact right procedural Christ answer. Here's exactly how to do it. Okay. It's what's worked for them in the past and what hasn't worked for them in the past. Love it. And yes, good gouch here, Esther. She invites people to come over early um, so they can catch up, which that is a great way to, to prevent that crosstalk and that extra sidebar conversations is building in time uh, for them to have discussions that are maybe not related to um, the content of what you're covering in the class, but life. Uh, I think that's very kind of you, Esther, to open uh, your house up to do that. You can do that virtually too. There, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I'm going to open up the virtual meeting a half hour early. You don't even have to be there. You can open it up and go take care of the kids or 
help with homework, or you can stay and participate. You might need some adult time. Uh, by all means, you can open up a half hour early and just let people talk. But I like what Esther said. She makes sure she stays on time for the start time. So if we're starting at seven, stay on time for seven. People do have lives. They have commitments. So you can easily let that sidebar conversation get away from you and that those life questions or that life discussion get away from you. So I like that, Esther, that's being respectful of your group members. Um, Aaron mentions that he had a younger guy that was always texting. I'm going to be honest with you. This is a huge, huge problem. And it, it is a pet peeve of mine uh, with groups and definitely something to talk about during that orientation or to put in your group contract. Because if they're sitting there, and especially when it's in person, I mean, here you might be able to get away with it a little bit, but in person, it's just downright respectful or disrespectful to have someone whose nose is in their computer the whole time while people are sharing. Uh, so collect the cell phones if you want to at the door. Uh, ask people to keep them put away. I, I, there's nothing wrong with that. If there's an emergency, ask them to let you know ahead of time that they might need to keep their phone on them because they're teenager, what, whatever. Life happens. There's exceptions, but it doesn't have to be the norm where they're constantly texting and on the phone. Let's give each other respect. Let's put the device away for just an hour and give each other attention and time and respect. I love that, Darren. And you're right. You're just replacing one addiction with another. If that's a Conquer Series or Warpath group and they're sitting there on social media and in the news, you're right. They're, I mean, they're, they're not ready for recovery if, if they can't put it. All right. So I think that uh, kind of gets us to a point and where we can open it up to the group for questions. Uh, I know there's been a couple already. So if anybody needs to ask a question, please do the virtual hand raising. Um, I'll have a hard time finding you. I've got like three screens of you in my very limited scope here. And so if you don't raise your hand, it really doesn't elevate you necessarily. So I'll have to hunt around and peck around for you. Um, yeah. So we are opening up the floor. If you have questions or if you have something, uh, some input you want to share on some of these things that uh, we have addressed, um, by all means, we would love to hear from you. And we will set a timer and Lamar is going to you know, do a blow horn. And if you go over a minute, no, I'm just kidding. Well, not really, but <laughs> we're going to practice this. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Micah, for that suggestion. So I'm setting my timer right now. Now everybody's nervous. They're like, oh, I'm going to speak and it's going to have to be fast. <laughs> All right. Here's one that we get a lot of times tomorrow. Um, it's this is a great question for the men, but this is also something we need to address as the women. Uh, what if someone continues to show up and they are not um, committed to the recovery process and they keep acting out and they keep relapsing? And that relapse is for women too. If they are relapsing in the way of going back into bitter routines and things that they're working on and recovering, that can happen as well. So what do we do with situations like that? This is something that's come up before, but we have new eyes here, new ears here, Lamar. What's something we do when you have, what do you do with the guys if someone just keeps coming back and using group as a place to just uh, repent and then they go and sin again and come back and repent. And I mean, it's just, they're stuck in the cycle of using group, very unhealthy cycle. What, what do you do with, with cases like that? I think this is a case where, and this is going to sound kind of businessy, and I apologize for that, but this is where data is so important. Data is incredibly important for you as a leader. Taking a look and seeing when's the last time this person was even online, looking at your accountability tracker to see what, are they answering these questions? Are they doing the work? And if they're not, that's great. You can still talk to them and say, hey, do you, could, would you mind, let's, let's bring your journal in. Let's bring in how you're answering these questions. Maybe it's not online. Uh, maybe it's something other than, than the format that we're used to seeing where they share the answers with the group leader or share the answers with the whole group. Uh, and then you can, as you attempt to help them deconstruct some of the behaviors, I think that, that that is a true way that folks need to get to repentance. And I say not need, but that's a true way for them to get to repentance if they can't do it themselves. You know, repentance is when you're able to turn your whole shouldered body in a new direction. And when you're when you're turning your whole shouldered body away from your old sin, your old behaviors, and toward Christ, and so when when folks are just turning their head and they're looking a different way, it's really hard for them to maintain that focus and go that way. We don't walk sideways. 
We walk squared up. We walk with our shoulders pointing in that new direction. And, and whenever we can invite that scrutiny into our lives as we continue to sin and we can't figure it out ourselves, it really can help us change that trajectory and change that direction. And so when, that, that's a great way for us as leaders to really gauge whether or not somebody is truly ready for recovery is by are they willing to let others walk alongside them, help them deconstruct their behaviors, walk back this, when did this actually start? Where was the downward spiral? Where was the point where you made that conscious decision, like I'm gonna blow right through that former control, or I'm gonna blow right through, you know, over that speed bump and, and kind of fast track this behavior. And I think that as folks really start to allow folks, uh, uh, you know, other group members to come alongside and leaders to come alongside, that it just says a lot about where they are in their walk. And if they're unwilling to do that, then that becomes a spot where you're like, hey, are, are you truly ready for group work? Are you truly ready to, to let other people, you know, get in the middle of this with you and hook and jab right along with you? Or are you trying to do all this by yourself? That's good, Lamar. It's very good. And then coming back to um, David, I see you. I'm going to call on you in just a second, but I, I want to read this from Jack. He said, I set the groundwork that the group is a safe place and ask if conflict arises, if it is being loving. I also ask them if they are owning their own internal wounds and, are tri and their triggers. I will also, um, I will ask them to take a time out and ask themselves, is it their personal hurt they are taking out on others or is it necessary? Love that, love that, love that. All right, Mr. David, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, uh, Lamar, that was, that was great. Um, advice about going to that that straying individual um, I, that's very it's a very difficult thing for me to, to perceive we had an individual that was lapsing consistently and uh, he was very needy and uh, uh, I went to him I've, we have a virtual group and I made an appointment to travel for a couple hours and get to him and, and actually sit down with him and, and kind of lay out I said you know dude you know uh, this is a serious thing, and uh, and we need to set up some stronger boundaries or something for you so that you know you can you know succeed. And uh, it kind of went sideways, and he was got kind of like, "Don't judge me," you know, all that kind of thing. And uh, but then he came back and repented, and he's been been sober for quite a while now because he went to his pastor and he did set up some additional boundaries and and uh, got serious about it. So. Um, I, I was debating whether to kick him out, you know, ask him to leave or whatever. But uh, we took went the extra mile, and uh, he's now a solid member of our group. So uh, sometimes it just takes a little, little extra effort, and and that's discernment of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I'm assuming that that's how what happened was that God led me to do that. But uh, um, sometimes it's going to be um, a different outcome, but. Uh, I think just just taking it on a personal basis can can help. Thank you, yeah. David. Yeah, no, that's that was really good, and I like hearing this. Battling is not the same as giving in. Uh, thank you, Kevin, for adding that. That is absolutely. You, you I can see your face, Lamar. You're going to read the same thing. Love that. Love that. Love that. I thought that was very strong. Yeah, a, a couple. It's been mentioned a couple times in the chat so far. Some folks are gonna need one-on-one -on -one with a CSAT. Some folks are gonna need one-on-one -on -one with a recovery coach. And, and, and I see that from, from a recovery coach, from somebody who's walked alongside one-on-one -on -one with other people. Darren, I think he's out of Austin, Texas. Uh, Darren Drone in there, you see on his screen. And so don't hesitate to refer people, you know, if they can do it virtually, uh, if they can do it in person, if they're in that general area. Uh, we have a newly, freshly minted, uh, licensed CSAT up in the Seattle area. Uh, you may recognize the, the gentleman. He's the chaplain that we have on so many of our mission briefs, CHAPS. That's uh, Scott Radetzky. And so he, he just got his CSAT. Uh, so, you know, great job to him in that. But I say great job. I don't know if he knows uh, what he just got himself into. <laughs> and so uh, he's now a certified sex addiction therapist. Uh, to, to ride that right there shotgun with his licensed uh, marriage and family therapy. So, uh, Scott, I, I will take a look at this chat. I see from someone, how, do, how can I get in touch with Scott? Uh, I'll make sure and reach out to you, Greg, to put you in touch with Scott. 
Um, I don't know if he'll be, I don't know how he is in terms with his workload. I guarantee you the day that he, he hung that CSAT on his website, he probably had 25 to 30 new people saying like, how do I get in with you? Almost assuredly. Um, hey, Lamar, need out there. I don't mean to interrupt, but some people here don't know what CSAT is. Could you okay. just briefly explain that? Cause it's not for the women. So right. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it may be for some of the ladies who, who knows. Um, a CSAT, if I'm not mistaken, if somebody can correct me, if I ever say anything on here that's incorrect, please lay it on me. There it is, Certified Sex Addiction, sex addiction Therapist. So um, that'd, be, that'd be wonderful if you guys could connect. Uh, Scott's fantastic. He, he is on a church staff out there, and I, and I guarantee that he is willing to either talk with you himself or to point you in the right direction, which is what we are called to do as leaders, I believe. If we can help people, we, we, we absolutely help them. If not, we need to know who to send them to for help. I believe that. I think that's doing the right thing. And that may be your local church. It may be your local pastor. You may be in an area where there, <laughs> there may not be a CSAT for a two or three hour drive. I know some of us, as I look around, I think I saw somebody dialing in from, was it New Zealand? Um, amazing. And so, I just love the this community that we have all these resources, but us as leaders have to be able to, to, to refer somebody out if we can't answer their mail. Hey, Lamar, real quickly, this is a great question and one that we get quite a bit. Miss meetings. If, if, if you have the, the, the people that just don't show up, they miss a lot of meetings, what does the attendance policy look like? Um, team, that, that's completely up to you. Uh, you might have someone, we've had people in groups show up for the first meeting and the last. That is, I mean, for us, we keep the door open. However, when you are dealing with more intimate things like Conquer Series Warpath uh, from the ashes when we're dealing that, I'm going to be a lot stricter with the attendance policy. Because again, people are sharing very intimate details of their lives with that kind of thing. They're building up trust in one another for so you have this tight group of men tight group of women and then someone just shows up out of the blue towards the end or just sporadically um i'm i'm much more strict with the attendance policy when i get into things like that um if i was doing like happily even after a couple series uh, you know something a little bit more lighthearted i'm not so strict about the attendance policy but that's completely up to you and lamar what do you do in regards to attendance with your with your men I think it's important before you get your group started that you have a notion in mind. Uh, I'm a big believer if somebody hasn't joined by Conquer Week Two, which is actually the third meeting, you know, you can do your orientation then Week One. If they're not in by Week Two, with all the work complete, even from Week One, it's really hard for them to catch up, and it's really hard to build the kind of trust necessary with the rest of the group to have that great environment where you can use some of the profit sharing for your victories. And you can also lay some stuff at the foot of the cross with your brothers. Um, so, but that's group to group. That's a moving target. And that's up to you as a leader. You know, some people love to have closed groups where nobody can join. Um, we're looking right now at the, at the ability to have open groups across the country in, in major metropolitan areas where if somebody flies into LA for a business meeting, here are the open groups in the LA area that you can just drop into, be it in person or virtual you know, for the Pacific time zone. And so I think you have to determine that as a leader. What is your comfort level? Uh, what is the comfort level of your group members? So, um, you know, your group members, as you talk to them during that orientation week, maybe they're not down for an open group. Maybe they want a closed group. Maybe they want a small, you know, team of men that they can really sink into. Uh, again, over to you as a leader. So I think we have time for one more. Uh, one thing I do want to say on that, Lamar, is, is something that I think is very important to address and to put into your group contract if you're taking notes on what things to add there. Um, make sure you put in there. It's very helpful and respectful and, and part of the accountability of a group is members should be letting you know if they're not going to attend. I mean, that's just common courtesy. I don't care if it's virtual or in person. We've led groups where we've showed up on an evening and nobody has shown up and we're sitting there waiting 10, 15 minutes and we've rearranged our schedule. We've blocked off this time and nobody shows up. That, that's disrespectful. So we say that and we even share that example. But um, when we do our orientation, we just say, hey, we're a team here and we get life happens. We understand you're not going to be able to make it, but we would like to please let us know ahead of time. Please give us some sort of warning 
um, just as a common courtesy. So by all means, build that in. Um, honey, I did see something earlier that I really like scripture band-aids. That's something that I do think you, I, I laughed when I read that. Um, I forgot who, I think it was John that shared that. Um, that is something people hide behind. It, it is true where they hide behind scripture and all their answers, they're beautiful, but they're covered up in scripture, scripture, scripture. I call them scripture band-aids. Um, they're refusing to get underneath what they're using this, the, the scripture for, and they're refusing to get real and share intimate details of their lives. Um, that is true. That is something to be cognizant of. And maybe that I would think that'd be a personal sidebar uh, conversation that you would have with someone. And then humor. That was another point that was brought up. Guys, ugh, I mean, the recovery can be tough. It can be yucky. It can be mucky. But Lamar and I are huge advocates. It's okay to laugh. And when I'm going to be launching these from the ashes um, recovery programs, we're going to be laughing. Laughing is a huge part of healing. If we can't laugh at ourselves and one another, if we can't, if we are taking this so, 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 so seriously, oh, it's just draining. It is just so draining. It is okay to give your group permission to laugh. It really is. I'm a huge advocate of having humor. Absolutely huge. And nothing, nothing packs me up more than listening to Lamar. I can only hear him talking when he's in the other room. And he has his headphones on. He's talking to you men when he's working with you. And he just starts busting out laughing. I'm like, that is so beautiful to be able to hear that and to see that. And same when I work with the women, when we can just laugh about things. That's good. That is a good thing. It doesn't have to be all gloom and doom. All right, team. That kind of brings us to the end of the, the formal piece of this. Um, I, I just want to say thank you uh, for your for your attendance. I want to say thank you for your attention. Thank you for the great contribution to the chat. Um, This really has, it's got really no place without